0: State of Montana from the peaks of the Bear to the banks of the Clark Fork River. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint.
1: I guess I was a uh, mistaken. We've got John Jackson on the line from North Carolina. John, I thought you were going I thought you were home. I I can't get there. I'm
2: coming back today. Uh, it was it was a while here and you know, if you if you spend Christmas in a place, you got to spend a couple of days after that to be able to travel back without being, you know, all, all jammed and hurrying. So yeah, I'm flying back today.
1: Well, uh, I was going to say, uh, you know, judging by some of your Twitter posts here recently, I, I certainly hope there's not a woman sitting in front of you on the airplane that hangs her hair over the back of the chair.
2: <laughs> you you constantly see on Twitter these these acts of, of rudeness and discourtesy, and you see that lady hanging her entire head of hair over the back of somebody's chair right in their face. is like, okay,
1: you will know, you work
2: really well here, Wrigley Spearmint Gum, I think would take care of
3: that.
1: <laughs> I saw that tweet, and I was like, wow. And it kind of finally made me realize, what is it that is so intriguing about John Jackson and I think, I think I realized it's, okay, you're, you're former federal law enforcement, but then you send a tweet out like that. And how many laws do you think you'd break if you actually did that?
2: Oh, well, I mean, I would, of course, uh, David, I would never, me personally, I would never do anything <laughs> like that. I just want to make that clear for everybody out there. I, that was strictly a joke
1: uh well we we know the Democrats don 't take jokes, and Democrats don 't have a sense of humor, so you maybe have to clarify that with them someday
2: well I, first of all i forgot to tell you happy kwanzaa oh my happy goodness. Kwanzaa this morning and or or is it is it is it kwanzaa or december teenth i am not sure you you probably know better than i do
1: well they're both they 're both fake holidays i I honestly I did not know this. Uh, that that Kwanzaa was literally made up by a criminal black nationalist who literally wanted a non-white Christmas alternative. I, I had, I mean, it's literally a fake anti-white, anti-Christmas made-up holiday. And and you got Kamala Harris tweeting about it.
2: Oh, Kamala and uh, Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer and probably to every prominent Democrat out there for sure.
1: Did you also notice how that that? First of all, like I guess with Kwanzaa, they have like a menorah or something, and then so Kamala Harris tweets out the picture of the the menorah and the candles are all in the color of the quote unquote Palestinian flag. Did you did you see that?
2: No, I saw her do one back at the start of Hanukkah where her and her husband put out this tweet that was so bad and so wrong about the jewish holiday they have to eventually delete the tweet but th- that doesn't stop them uh-huh. from pandering to just about every uh, sector across the board
1: no that that's that's right i remember that um all right we're up against the break folks if you guys want to call in uh feel free to call in but uh but yeah no kamala harris also sent out another tweet showing her and her husband using a gas-powered stove at the same time they want to ban you from having gas-powered stoves. We'll be right back with John Jackson.
0: This is where Montana
4: talks. Jim in Great Falls. Jim, what's on your mind? I don't, I don't understand the program. They
5: legalize marijuana and then take the majority of the tax money to make a treatment facility. So then they legalize gambling, and then they have a gambling treatment center, but then you can also write off if you're lost. I, uh, we, we create the problem, we feed the problem, we keep the problem going, but come give us more money because we'll fix the problem.
6: I'm lost. <laughs> you just described government. There you go, right there.
7: This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint.
1: All right, John, we got you locked in on line one. Let's go to Bill in Billings. Uh, Bill, thanks for calling. Well, good morning, guys. Just uh,
3: last weekend, I was channel surfing. I hit the Cuomo show, and they were on the Colorado ballot issue, and they had the screen split into thirds, and uh, Cuomo was on the left side. And he was saying it was a travesty of justice, saying it shouldn't have happened. Then they had a Colorado politician over on the right side, and he was saying, "Oh, it was the best thing they'd ever done in Colorado." What do you think they had in the middle third of the screen?
1: John, you want to take a guess at that one? I don't know.
3: They had would have to be uh, continual, Mr. Chris. The- <laughs> They had continual footage of the January 6th riot, showing the people breaking down doors and windows and climbing all over the Capitol. And they kept interspersing that with a poor picture of Donald Trump. And it just reminded me that if Trump is our nominee next year, the Democrats will not have to discuss one issue. 24-7, all we're going to see is that footage running and that bad picture of Donald Trump. And they'll never have to discuss an actual issue. They'll just keep running that over and over again.
1: Thanks so much for the call, Bill. Appreciate it. I I think there's a lot of truth to that. Maybe the response to that, John Jackson, is maybe we ought to show all of the video footage of all of the January six people that got waved into the Capitol and told to come on in by the law enforcement that was there.
2: Oh, I'll, I'll do you one better, Dave. What I would be playing, if you're the Republican nominee or if you're the Republican Party across the country, is replay the entire year of 2020 where Antifa and BLM rioted and burned cities all across the country and assaulted police officers and assaulted federal buildings, federal buildings ten at a rate of ten times or twenty times or a hundred times the damage of any kind of crap that went on on January 6th.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and that was the that was the genesis behind a lot of, uh, for example, like the the Proud Boys. The only reason the Proud Boys even really were a thing was because. They were like, "Whoa, we're going to go out and fight Antifa in the streets because law enforcement's not doing anything. And, and I think BLM and the Antifa, the George Floyd riots, were way worse and way, way more violence and property destruction uh, than January 6th. No question about that.
2: Oh, yeah, just keep playing it over and over and over again. And I think what a travesty of justice is. As I said this back in 2017, right as Trump came into office and he appointed Jeff Sessions as the AG, I said my first order of business right then would have been to penetrate the organizations by federal agencies, penetrate the L.M. and Antifa, go at them like a criminal enterprise, go after their money and everything, and take them down. And of course, not one, uh, not one effort was made. Uh, In that direction, no one did a thing. That's why they're stronger than ever today, particularly Antifa.
1: So who who do you put that blame on, Jeff Sessions, Donald Trump, both?
2: It's absolutely Jeff Sessions. And right away, you remember right away, they started in on Trump right away, and he was crippled from the beginning. And I think for him, he had bigger fish to fry than that particular criminal case, that should have been right at the feet of Jeff Jeff
4: Sushman. That's right. I saw I saw this
1: Fisher Price releases my first peaceful protest playset with a house you can actually burn down. So uh <laughs> <laughs> and they've got they've got this picture of this like cardboard house and it's completely on fire and then they got a kid with a mask. And so there's a if you want to buy little Johnny little Johnny a little gift uh Fisher Price has a new my first peaceful protest uh, playset, and you can actually burn the house down, just like a just like a mostly peaceful protest. That's actually a Babylon B story.
2: While we do, you know, while we play the um, all of the Antifa and BLM riots, throw in all the footage of the illegals coming across the border and they're storming into the big blue cities. I mean, include all of it. And if they want to play that game, we can play that game too. The problem is they play for keeps. Our side, place to lose.
1: Yeah, there's uh, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Meanwhile, we've got we've got a mass, another massive caravan coming coming up right now, and and we're all sitting here wondering where's the U.S. military to go uh, stop this caravan.
2: Well, what I've been watching now for a while is this game going up uh, on Capitol Hill with you know they're holding up Ukraine funding for some you know supposed um, progress on the border. Well, I made the prediction here a couple of weeks ago that what they're going to do is put up some fake, phony um, uh, deal that looks like it's window dressing but will never actually do anything. Well, I'm watching Fox & Friends this morning, and there is Aunt B, our, our buddy Lindsey Graham, on, on Fox & Friends pretty much admitting that that's what's going to happen. Is that right? What did he, what did he say? He, he told the Fox & Friends family, he says, yeah, uh, we're, we're going to get some things done, but it's going to require policy changes on the part of the Biden regime to get this done, which they won't do. He's saying it flat out. What they're going to do won't make a difference.
1: Wow. I mean, for, number one, we can't trust the Democrats. We can't trust the federal government. We can't trust uh, any, anybody that's in power in the, in the executive branch right now. And then number two, we don't need new laws to secure the border. We just need to do what Trump did.
2: Well, here's my fear, is that they're getting ready to, in the next couple of months, with these budget deals, with Ukraine, with illegals coming across the border, the, de- the Republicans themselves are going to surrender so badly and sell us out so badly that we're going to have a big percentage
1: of our electorate stay home in November and we're going to lose. Uh, I hope you're wrong. We're up against the break. We're going to
4: go to Matt in Billings right after this. Where Montana talks. How can these people, even in the midst of this decline, even in the midst of the challenges facing in the country, even in the midst of a spy balloon hovering over your heads, you still so many of you cannot put your love of country over your hatred of Donald Trump? It begs the question, do some of these folks even love this country or have they been so taught over the years the anti-American garbage that they believe it and they want to change the country into something else? I tell you what, we're in very serious times, folks.
0: is talking here this is montana talks with aaron flint
1: david noble in for aaron flint we've got john jackson locked in on line one and we're going to go to matt in billings on line two
5: matt thanks for calling uh, good morning as you guys were talking about january 6th and the summer love it kind of made me think about it I got frustrated maybe six, eight months ago when I listened to the show and during the Fox break they would call it the January sixth riots. And that was frustrating to me because that's not really what it what it was and as more evidence comes out and, and is produced we can see that, you know, a lot of these people are led let in by these officers or security like free on their will. Now, was there some bad actors? Absolutely. I think there was like what, three quarters of a million people a month. I come uh, uh, speech, so there's going to be bad actors in every group of people, but the, the media and, and, and us, us, us that talk about politics, we have to be careful when, how we describe this. And I, I think a lot of times it gets described as January 6th riots, but then you go and you watch, you know, what happened in Portland and Minnesota and these different places, and no one calls those riots, but Fox News
1: occasionally. And well, I think people. Really okay. I think people started calling it a riot because because it it was certainly not an insurrection, and that was the alternative.
5: Yeah, I, I guess that that would make sense. I appreciate that point of view, but I think you know we we have to be careful. Like a riot, I don't know if a riot. Is just some bad actors, like you know, criminal mischief, trespassing, whatever you want to say. But like, I think that, that's one of the things that like, frust- frustrates I me, mean, especially on these Fox News breaks.
1: Oh, oh, I know. Well, maybe maybe we can just go back to calling it a, a mostly peaceful protest. What do you think, John?
2: <laughs> I mean, my, my attitude the whole time has been, on oh, January 6th, is three words. I don't care. Okay? They, they sit there and, and enabled and pushed all of those lives, like we talked about a minute ago, all across the country in 2020. you got Kamala Harris herself was um, contributing to funds to then bail those people out of jail, the rioters that got arrested. So, you know, when it comes to January 6th and, you know, a a little riot that lasted for an hour or two, I don't care.
1: No, I'm I'm with you, and and honestly, I've never thought that the American people cared either especially when you've got over 60 percent of americans living paycheck to paycheck out of control inflation people struggling just to get by out of i mean out of control border crimes out of control drug and addiction epidemic out of control um but but then you see the results in the 2022 election and it's like hmm, maybe maybe a lot of these voters do do care about this stuff it's just it's mind-boggling
2: And, you know, I knew people, I saw people on Twitter that were saying that, you know, they were going to go to that thing. And I told them all, and everybody needs to understand, you don't, you should not go to these things. And particularly in some blue area like DC, like that area where, you know, the bad guy terrorists from Antifa and BLM, nothing they do is ever going to stick to them. But anything you do, you walk into You walk onto the grounds of the Capitol during that thing, just looking around, you're going to get arrested. You know, people need to just stay away from those things. Do not engage in those things.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: it, it, it's absolutely not safe to be a conservative or a Republican in Washington, D.C., or, or a lot of other places. Um, John, we were talking during the, the 7 o'clock hour um, about big pharma about addiction issues, about how dishonest Big Pharma is. And and I was talking about this, uh, I I saw this PBS Nova documentary where they basically said, oh, we've got a wonderful solution and this will fix all of our opioid addiction problems. Just give everybody methadone and
4: suboxone.
2: Yeah, um, really, really good show everybody needs to see is called Dope Sick. Uh, It's on Hulu and it's about that same thing. Michael Keaton is in it, who is genius as always. Well, you're going you're gonna to love this, David, and all the listeners are going to love it. What happened was, first, they said the Sackler family that ran Purdue Pharma, they said that, first, OxyContin is not addictive. Right. And then, second, they said that it lasted for 12 hours. Well, really quickly, they found out both of those things were a lie, and when people's pain popped up on them in six hours or eight hours, you know what they called it? They called it breakthrough pain. Now you might remember that from the COVID vax, when the vax people who were vax started getting COVID, they called it breakthrough cases. That's do you right. Remember that?
3: I do remember that.
2: Well, you remember with, with what did they tell the people with oxycontin when their when their um, pain broke through? They said take more. What wow. did they tell people? What did Pfizer tell everybody when they got COVID? They said get a booster.
1: <laughs> It's absurd it's laughable
2: it, I mean it's, it, you watch that show and the parallels to 30 years ago to the Sackler pe- um, family Purdue Pharma and Oxycontin are just eerie it's spooky
1: so so John do you, do you agree with me that at, at some point in in our past here it used to be that Democrats and leftists they actually did not trust big pharma and they didn't they didn't just march to whatever big pharma told them to do what changed do you think
2: they own the place now <laughs> I mean, you know they go through through eight years of, of barack hussein obama and them flipping um all of wall street big court um <laughs> that big media everything and now the continuation you know obama part two here with with grandpa joe biden they own the place now so oh all that big form of money is going in their pockets. so it's like oh yeah they're
1: great trust them 100 <laughs> percent. that sounds about right um hey, hey by the, by the way i i refer to you as private joker i know aaron sometimes says you're the joker who, who, who's right is it is it private joker or is it the joker
2: Um, It is Private Joker. It would be Private Joker because it's from the movie Full Metal Jacket, yeah.
1: Okay, so um, is is there actually a Private Joker in Full Metal Jacket? It's been a while since I've seen that.
2: Yeah, he's the main character. That's just probably one of the best Vietnam movies ever. Uh, If if you haven't seen it in a while, go see it. It It's just a classic, particularly... The start of that movie and the boot camp scenes with the drill sergeant are just classic. Everybody who's been through the military, particularly Marines, they love it
1: well yeah that was back back when our movies weren 't complete trash, uh, similar to uh, back when our our Christmas gifts weren 't bunch of trash i saw I saw an article about how all I want for Christmas is something that won 't break immediately and, and isn 't it funny how we we get all of these cheap Chinese slave goods and give them out for Christmas, and then everything 's broken in like a, a couple of days it's funny you say that um. I
2: just, I got a new phone right before Christmas and got uh, one of those uh, screen protectors, and these things cost $60, and I'm not barely even home, and the thing is already coming up on me. Now I'm going to have to go through the whole charade of filing something online and waiting for a new one. Come on, you can't, $60 for a piece of film that goes across your phone, you you,
1: you don't think you can make that work? (laughs) Well, it was probably made in China. Oh, no doubt. No, no doubt. So there was one there was one story that I I wanted to get your take on just because it's a foreign policy uh, story. And I know that maybe that's one issue where me and you part ways just a little bit. But there was uh, a story about the U.S. retaliating after three American service members uh, were injured by Kataib Hezbollah attack in Iraq. Um, And I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, we've even had some U.S. military troops killed in in some of these attacks from Houthis and and these Iranian um, militias in Iraq and and you name it. Um, And American forces, according to uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, conducted necessary and proportionate strikes on three facilities used by Khatib Hezbollah and affiliated groups in Iraq. Question for you, John, do you support those retaliatory strikes by the American military in Iraq and do you think it's enough?
2: Um... What? Ask yourself real quick. And my answer to that is: Ask yourself real quick. What W W D? Right? What would Donald do? Right? What would Donald Trump have done? But any strike by we would be backing up Israel 100%. And anybody involving themselves in that from outside, attacking ships, attacking us, attacking the Israelis, we would have pounced on them with both feet and hit them back so hard. They would never have launched another rocket or another attack, but to see that's not what Biden and his people are doing. They're playing picky pack with these people, and that's why it continues.
1: I hundred percent agree with you on that one. Hundred percent agree with you on that one. I mean, Biden is basically just allowing these radical Islamic terrorists to attack us and to attack the American military, and he's not doing really anything about it.
2: No, and, and because they here, here's the whole thing, David. Michigan, okay. You know, they they are afraid of their Muslim base coming up here for 2024, and they don't want to really, really jump into this and have all these Muslim voters stay home. If you really want to boil it down to one thing, that's what they're afraid of. That's all they care about is their voters getting out to the polls here next November.
1: and I agree with that, but what it, it makes it look like the Biden administration is totally schizophrenic. And and it's not just, just on that issue too, where they're out there saying they support Israel, they're claiming to support Israel, then at the same time they're really trying to mollify the, the sort of anti Semitic base in the Democrat Party. It's the same thing on the border. Biden is now coming out and, and Tester as well and coming out and saying, you know, they wanna they wanna secure the border and Biden saying he's willing to do remain in Mexico and all these things. And of course all of this has to do with just with twenty twenty for. But it, it seems to me like the Biden administration is really caught between between its, its radical base that they want to have, whether it's the, the Muslims in Michigan, whether it's the anti-Semites in Missoula, whoever it might be. They're caught between that and then they're caught between the what the American public supports on terms of the, these issues. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but I don't think they're
2: caught like you're saying. I think they are the radical base. OK, those people in the White House are the radical base, but they're also playing politics, too. They want to make sure they don't offend certain people. But see, Grandpa Joe's not running anything, all right? He is not doing anything. You know, he just uh, reads whatever they put for him up on there on the prompter and, you know, gets some briefings. Who runs all of this are these 30-something communist thugs, graduates from Brown or from from the Ivy League somewhere. That's who's running all of this, little know-nothing radical communist staff members.
1: I think that's right. I, I think that's 100% right. It's, it's clearly not Joe Biden in control. Um, he has staffed his administration with some of the most radical leftists. He's turned his administration over to the radical left, and so I think that's, that's spot on. Uh, We've got a caller on the line, plus we're talking to John Jackson. We'll be right back. This
6: is the Montana Economic
0: Minute. It's forecasting season, and it's time for the annual ritual of poking fun at the forecasters who made calls for this year that didn't pan out, which is fair, no doubt. But it rings a little hollow when those making the jest never seem to go on record with their own forecasts. But truth be told, the forecasters got most of the calls right this time. The one that didn't happen, of course, was a recession. But inflation did moderate even more substantially than they predicted. Price swings for commodities like oil and wheat smoothed out as well, as markets settled in for a longer period of conflict in Ukraine. And labor markets remained tight, despite a spate of high-profile layoffs at tech companies. They said it couldn't be done, and perhaps it still won't happen. But each passing day gives more evidence that the soft landing of the economy, with moderating inflation without setting off a recession, has been accomplished. Was that in your forecast, I'm Patrick Barkey.
7: Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic Research.
4: Unshad program with the Speaker's Lobby. Distillers of American whiskey and bourbon were close to drowning in their own whiskey river. Instead, they avoided a torrent of tariffs. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, and other bipartisan lawmakers urged a halt to a plan to slap a staggering 50% tariff on distilled spirits produced in the United States as of January 1st. But an emergency truce brokered by U.S. and European trade negotiators blocked what would have been a substantial upcharge to sell American distilled spirits to the European Union. McConnell said the tariffs would have impacted thousands of people in the bourbon industry, but also farmers who produce corn and sometimes barley for the mash bill. European palates have grown more accustomed to sweeter American distilled spirits rather than smokier scotches. But some American producers won't send their product to Europe with the tariffs. And with the tariffs only suspended through the next presidential election, domestic distillers say that doesn't really create certainty in the marketplace, especially for a product which often ages for several years before it's ready to sell. With the Speaker's Lobby, Chad Pergram, Fox News.
0: Retirement can be scary, but only if you're not prepared.
2: Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. This is where Montana
0: Talks.
1: David Noble in for Aaron Flint. Got a message from Montana Joe in Billings. Says, thanks for being on the radio. I love listening to you and Aaron. I was trying to find the story about Biden moving $280 billion from Medicare to support EVs. Where can I go? Uh, Montana Joe, the story is... Uh, at The Federalist, it's called, Why is Joe Biden Screwing Seniors to Subsidize Electric Vehicles? It's by Jeff Reynolds, posted December 20th. And the source they cite in here is a uh, report by the Americans for Tax Reform. So you could probably go to the Americans for Tax Reform and, and find this report. Um, and Or go to thefederalist.com, Why is Joe Biden Screwing Seniors to Subsidize Electric Vehicles? Jeff Reynolds, December 20th. Uh, John Jackson, I don't know if you heard, did you hear me talking about that That story about how Joe Biden and John Tester pulled $280 billion from Medicare prescription drug programs to, to support this EV insanity?
2: Isn't it amazing, David? Howell, if you remember back during the Trump administration, when he tried to cobble together, I think it was $5 billion to build the wall. Right. I mean, we were lectured nonstop by the media and the Democrats that only, only, only the Congress decides what money gets spent on. And Donald Trump could not move a penny without their approval. But Joe Biden could swing around. Hundreds of
1: billions of dollars, and it's all good. It's 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 unbelievable, and, and and not only that, but if I recall, when when Trump wanted five billion for the border, while suddenly the Democrats were, were concerned about the deficit and the debt. <laughs> Isn't
2: that a joke? You know, when when just you know mere months after that, they they threw six trillion dollars. And a
1: contagious flu, right? You know, oh, my gosh, the budget. Oh, gee whiz, the debt, the deficit. Unbelievable. Hey, hey we got Clint in Bozeman on the line. Uh, Clint, thanks for calling.
6: Well, good morning, you you fellas. Morning. Hey, David, you and I went to the same school in Manhattan.
1: Manhattan Public
6: Schools? Yeah, you remember Milo Grew?
1: Ooh, name sounds
0: familiar.
6: Yeah, he was way before you. I'm an old guy. I'm pretty near 90 years old. So Good for you. Yeah. Well, here's what I wanted to talk about. You remember what Eisenhower said when he left office?
1: Uh, about the military-industrial complex or what?
6: Like, beware of the military-industrial complex. And the reason he said that is because the military-industrial complex is alive and well. There's lots of our people in the United States that are working for the military-industrial complex, building missiles and bombs and bullets and you name it. Now, I wanted to say that, and the next thing I wanted to say was about our border. And what's going to happen here, this is my, my thinking, that if the influx of people from all over the world is coming into our country, and if it don't stop, it's they're going to be in uh, these these folks are going to be in every town big town and little towns all over america
1: not if we deport them
6: yeah but i don't think it'll ever happen i don't think we'll ever de- do deport them and what's going to happen here in the end it's going to destroy this country and i'm worried to death about it and my friends at our coffee shop we all talk about it and we're worried to death about that I mean, they're not coming in here the right way. Biden's been letting them in, you know, just right and left, another six or 7,000 or eight today. God only knows how many there will be tomorrow. And they keep, what, 8 million now, is it? Uh,
1: That's just it 8, million? 8 million just under Biden. And, of course, we had 30 or 40 million here before that. So I think you're probably looking fifty, sixty, seventy million 50, 60, 70 million illegal aliens in the
4: country, is my guess.
6: That's right. Well, here in Bozeman, Montana, it's a pretty good... Uh, uh, showing of all that of the of the imports so, stuff. There's people from all over. Clint, did you hear? We from all over the world is here. It's not, and they're
1: not all going to school here either. No, I know. Clint, did you hear? We basically we basically did an entire show uh, last week about the illegal aliens in Bozeman, and we had all of these callers calling in, talking about their own personal experiences and and how now all of the construction jobs are full of illegal aliens and these illegal aliens are, are they're getting into car crashes and they're doing hit and runs and all of this stuff, and apparently it's this major thing in Bozeman. John Jackson, I don't know if you heard any of that show. I didn't. Uh,
2: what's going on there in Bozeman?
1: We just had a we just had a bunch of callers basically calling in and saying that the illegal aliens are taking over Bozeman, that all of the all of the construction jobs are being done by illegal aliens, and that the, the law enforcement there are having to deal with hit and runs all the time. These people can't drive very well, they're getting into crashes and just running away, and it's a big thing. Now we got Clinton and Bozeman calling in about the same issue and it, it's just crazy to see that happening in Bozeman, and historically, that kind of stuff has, has been limited to, you know, California and Arizona and New Mexico and Texas. So we're seeing that in direct direct impacts now in, in Montana.
2: Well, see, this is not rocket science, okay? They've got right now the Republicans, just like they did with the debt thing last year, they picked this fight, okay? Right now they're holding up Ukraine funding to get a, some kind of deal that will stop this, that will, that will secure the border, but what they're going to do is give up and surrender, okay? You, you watch, quote me, David, in the next month or so, they're going to give up and surrender. But, th- th- I mean, this is so easy. All you have to do is change the law, change asylum laws and a couple of the other laws about entry into the United States, and boom, it's done that they won't do that you you watch me they they, they will cave they will surrender and everybody's gonna
1: see it well so i think you're right on that because that's just that's i mean every i mean is it a hundred a hundred percent of the time the republicans have caved in in our lifetime when especially when it comes down to these spending fights has there ever been a i'm trying to think has there ever been a time when the the republicans in in dc haven't caved (laughs) yeah
2: good Good question. I think, you know, what, what we say all the time on on our podcast and on Twitter is that what Republican politicians tend to be all about is judges and tax cuts. That's what they do. That's what they're allowed to do. OK, now they'll fight you to the death, just like they did with Kavanaugh and the Supreme Court picks and all judges and, you know, and on their, you know, big tax cut bills. Everything else they, they they're not really uh, concerned about
1: well you know i have I have been known to say that I, I think the the biggest political issue um, in twenty twenty four ought to be uh, the Trump tax cuts, because the Trump tax cuts are set to expire in 2025. And it's going to be a massive tax increase on on me personally, um, just in my, my situation. And, and frankly, uh, I think 80%, 80% of Americans got a tax cut under the Trump tax cuts, and a lot of those are set to expire. So I do think that's a big issue. But um, you're right, when it comes to there's bigger issues, right? There's the spending issue. And, and I think Correct me if I'm wrong. That's what you're talking about because we've got we've got some spending deadlines coming up here in the next couple of weeks in January, where uh, they did you know Mike Johnson became Speaker of the House, and then and then they did that short-term CR, and they and it's like do they do they really expect to get it like 12 different appropriation bills through the House and then through the Senate and then through conference committee and stuff by like January 18th? I just don't see that happening. So to me, we're either going to have a government shutdown or we're going to have another CR.
2: Yeah, and you know, you know, you remember the old, uh, Globe Globetrotters, right? And they had this team that they played against called the Washington Generals. And these were just their set up guys, set up clowns, you know, there to lose. The, that the Washington Generals were there to lose to the, the Globetrotters. And you know, I tell you what, David, I am tired of cheering for the Generals. I'm tired of cheering for the Washington Generals. That are
4: not really there to
1: fight, and I'm not doing it anymore. Well, let me let me let me ask you this though: when you when you talk about uh, the generals and, and the Republicans in D.C. And, and you do you include within within your characterization of those people the eight Republicans that ousted McCarthy, including Matt Gates, the, the Rosendales of the world? Do you include those eight? Those, for me. Were the
2: few people that actually stood up and fought. That what they did was they saw McCarthy give us up on that debt deal. They saw him getting ready to give us up again on the CR, and they've had enough. Now, they've risked their careers and, and their reputations and everything on that, but they were willing to do that. They went up there and did what they said they were going to do. They voted for McCarthy in January. He was on probation. When he broke probation, they did him in
1: amen amen i i love it personally if it was me if i was in congress i would say i'm not voting for spending a dime until such time as not only the federal budget is balanced but we need to be running a surplus and actually paying back some of this debt we got a couple minutes left let's try to sneak in uh gary in billings gary thanks for calling hello go ahead gary you're on the air okay
3: thank you for taking my call uh David, uh, have you noticed that there's not commercials of John Tester's three-finger mechanic on right now?
1: Well, it's funny you say that. I, there used to be nothing but Tester ads, but I guess in the last couple of weeks, I have, I have noticed them kind of not being around as much.
3: Well, I wondered if that was working against him, because um, everybody knows he's lying, but it's quite, for a while, like you said. It
1: was on every show and, and just pushing but now I just noticed that for some reason it's it's newt well Gary not only so. not only that but I also I also haven't seen any more pictures of dead cows um, on John tester's Instagram page which is something he loves to do We're coming right back with John Jackson right after this. Waking up on the right side. This is the
7: Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Go on. His approval rating is in the tank with Democrats, not just Republicans. The United Auto Workers are now threatening to dump Biden over his electric vehicle obsession. Uh, Joe Biden is scaring Democrats now. Another headline. And, and by the way, these are now, you know, Mainstream media places. The Atlantic is writing, step aside, Joe. The president has no business running for office at age 80. The Hill, when is the optimal time for Biden to drop out of this race? Democrats are trying to displace him. Mark my words. This effort is real. Is not contrived. It's not a conspiracy theory. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. You know, you worked hard to build your retirement savings. Now, Phoenix Capital, well, they want to help you fuel that growth. And you can invest in their corporate bonds through your 401k or IRA and start earning tax-deferred annual returns, now ranging from 9 to 13%. Now There are multiple options with different rates and terms to choose from. And by investing in Phoenix Capital Group's high-yield corporate bonds, well, you have the potential to earn those interest rates, as I said, now ranging from 9 to 13%. Additionally, this investment is not only financially beneficial, but also a vote of confidence in the future of America's energy sector. So sign up for the Phoenix Capital Group's free investor webinar. You can sign up at phoenixonhennedy.com. And as always, before making any investment decision, you got to carefully consider review any and all risk involved. Check them out. Phoenix on Hannity dot com today for more information. That's Phoenix on Hannity dot 63. That's 406 201 406
0: 201 Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint.
1: Got a couple messages from Wind Day in Bozeman, but what damage did J Sixers create? Wenday also says, yes, replaying Minneapolis riots and the tearing down of statues. Great point, Wendy. I think 2024 uh, should be full of the videos of these Democrats tearing down statues. Wenday also said, hold on. So were there really 750,000 people at the rally beforehand? Who knew? I don't know how many people were there, Wenday. I really don't. I got some other messages here, got some callers on the line. Uh, but John Jackson, we got... Uh, one segment here until the nine o'clock hour, I don't know if you had anything specific you wanted to get into here before I take some more calls.
2: No, what they, the your other caller was talking about January six being you know front and center for the Democrats. Look for abortion to be also front and center for them coming up because everything else in the world that they've touched is a disaster. So what they're going to do is scare, you know, all the all the female voters across the country, telling them that Republicans want to take away women's rights and all that stuff. Look for that coming up in the next year.
1: So what would you say? What would you say about somebody who says they're going to vote in 2024 based on their views of January 6th and abortion?
2: They're, they're brainwashed MSNBC idiots is, is what they are. They just <laughs> right. listen to, you know, they're, they're like, you know, Ken and Gray Falls who just sits there glued to, you know, CNN and MSNBC. And, okay, that's, that's what's important in the world. You know, that's what we must care about is, you know, people that are brainwashed morons.
1: You would have to, I mean, you'd have to be brainwashed to actually think that, that January 6th is the biggest issue their country faces in 2024. Let's go to Dave in Wolf Point. Dave, thanks for calling.
0: Hi, Aaron. Thanks for taking me. I'm David. <laughs> I'm David, to... but you bet. <laughs> oh, David, I'm sorry. But I want to just <clears throat> thank the, the, all the veterans for their, your service, their service, who served our borders and and all our military. we got to take care of them. It doesn't matter what party you belong to, Republican, independent, or Democrat. The military fought and served... Protect our borders and the citizens of the United States. Joe and this administration are disrespecting our veterans and military who served our nation. He is spending billions of dollars on illegals. That money should be spent taking care of our vets, not spending it on illegals. Our vets deserve better. Also, close the border. <laughs> and I got just a little bit more here. Uh, uh, You know, try helping the military down here and the Border Patrol. And we, the citizens, must might have to go down and protect our border. You know, all the law officers, Border Patrol, health, all the people behind the scenes. Our citizens in the large cities, small towns, reservations could use these billions of dollars that are going to illegals. Drugs that are killing kids, families, friends because of open borders that Joe has created. The politicians that support these open borders are just as guilty of killing our kids and our citizens as Joe. Forget what political party you belong to. Follow the law of the land, the Constitution. And we should stop trading with Mexico until they help stop these illegals. And the world is just so screwed up right now with our politicians. Uh, That one party, Joe, doesn't want to follow the Constitution.
1: Well, that's true. That's true, Dave. Very well said. I'm on board with that call. How about you, John? Oh, 100 percent. And that's something that everybody needs to realize. After
2: 2020, after the Democrats figured out they could cheat an election and then for the next two years lock you in your home and make you take a box and all that, now there is no more law. They're done with these elections. They're done with you. They're replacing you. They are, have no intention of giving up power ever again.
1: That's right. Hey, John, can you stick with us during the 9 o'clock hour? Or do you got to run?
2: I've got to run, my brother. I really appreciate your time, though.
1: Thanks so much for being here. John Jackson in the house. Uh, this is David Noble in for Aaron Flint. we got one more hour of open phones. We'll be right back.